0: Today on Citycast Chicago, let's get this out the way. Your boy is a White Sox fan and the Sox are still number 1 in the American League Central, but today is about the Cubs. Fans are mad and heartbroken after the team traded three of their key players from the 2016 roster this weekend. And you don't have to be a Cubs fan or a baseball fan to feel the significance. That was the team that energized the city, hell, even the country, after they broke a century long losing streak to win the World Series.
1: The Cubs have done it. The longest drought in the history of American sports is over.
0: We talk about how the Cubbies made it to the World Series in 2016, how they fell back to earth, and what they need to rebuild. It's Monday, August 2nd. I'm Jacoby Cochran, and this is CityCast Chicago. So to really understand the historical moment when the Cubs broke through and won their first World Series since 1908, we got to look back at 2011. Yeah, that's when the team hired the architect of that championship season, Theo Epstein. Now, Epstein was known around baseball for utilizing analytics and stats to basically recruit just the right players for the roster. Sports reporter Cheryl Ray Stout, who's been covering Chicago sports for the last 40 years, remembers pretty well just how much of a splash Epstein made 10 years ago.
1: Theo was a young, bright executive with the Boston Red Sox that was able to break their curse there to win the World Series. And he did it by building the minor league system. He did it by signing uh, players that were needed to go over the hump. And so when he left Boston, the Rickets had bought the Cubs. And in 2011, the Cubs signed him to be their president of operations.
0: Do you have a sense of you know why Epstein chose the Chicago Cubs
1: during that time? He loved the challenge. He knew it was a challenge, but he also had an owner at the time. They had he had an aggressive owner that was willing to pay the price it needed to win.
0: So, how did Epstein use analytics to build the team?
1: Phil Epstein and his staff were the pioneers in a lot of ways to so the way baseball has become now. And instead of having scouts which innately can see the the Paul players. They go to the minor league games. They go to um, college games and high school games. you got a staff that's got more people, you know, looking at the computer side of it.
0: Yeah, some people claim that this style has maybe lessened the excitement in the game. I don't know if I agree, but why is that? Is it something about this... F- focus on analytics that people don't like.
1: The reason why analytics has taken on a different light now is because maybe they've gone too far with the cyber metrics, um, with the launch angles and trying to get players to hit in a certain way. And right now what has happened is you're seeing a lot more strikeouts. You're not seeing the contact that you used to see. You don't see a lot of traffic on the bases and you're seeing players trying to do what they call launch angles, which is trying to hit the ball out of the park. And the problem with that is that you're 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 not seeing a lot of the pitching. against so sometimes players burn out.
0: I remember watching when we signed him in Chicago, even though it wasn't the best news for me, I did think man, there, there could be something here. But it started like a long process, right? It wasn't overnight. What did Cub fans look like at that time when Theo came in?
1: Well, let's just say there was a lot of empty seats. People, don't, people think about it now what it's like, but back then you saw not many fans in the stands.
0: You could spot the hot dog vendor from the TV.
1: <laughs> he, he'd hand deliver us in the press box because there was nobody in the stands. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. No, it, it, it was bleak. It was very bleak, but he had a plan. Him, and I have to say that Jed Hoyer too, because he brought Jed Hoyer, who was with San Diego, to come join him to be his GM. He's now the president. The thing was they built... The scouting system. They built the minor league system. And that had to come first before you could have any success.
0: Who were those key players from ultimately the 2016 uh, squad that the Cubs were bringing in?
1: Well, you have to look at when 2012, his first season uh, as, the, as the president of the Cubs was getting a player that he drafted with Boston that went to San Diego and then he acquired him was Anthony Rizzo for Andrew Kastner, that was the first really the big one. The the other one was Chris Bryant. Then in two thousand and fourteen, he drafted Kyle Schwarber. Key position players um, when they when they drafted Chris Bryant, he's a third baseman. You always have to have a rock at third base. Anthony Rizzo was a first baseman. You know, Golden Glove. Exactly, Golden Glove. I mean, he was became became one of the best there was. So and Kyle Schwarber was a bat.
0: One of the kind of heart and soul players throughout that run was Javi. Javier Baez, even for casual fans, is a name that they recognize because of the flair that he brings to the game. Can you tell me a little bit about his story?
1: He was from Puerto Rico, grew up in Miami. He was a flaring player that nobody knew what he could do, how he would be harnessed, and Theo Epstein under Joe Madden, developed him, and he became the magical player that we all got to see grow up and be part of a process of seeing a player just become one of the biggest icons in Chicago Cubs history.
0: The Cubs have scored an unbelievable run on a play by Baez. He ran to first. The ball was in the dirt. They had to either tag him or tag the bag. The first baseman, Craig, just started chasing... Guys. Even as a, as a White Sox fan, it, it was very clear that during that 2016 year, the city was up, right? People were excited. People were in the streets. Even if you weren't a fan, you had to kind of recognize and pay attention that something was happening here. You know, what was 2016 like for you as somebody who's been watching the Cubs for, you know, your, your entire life?
1: I was with the White Sox in 2005, so I know how magical that is. And you could get that feeling at the beginning of the season. And you felt that way with the Cubs. You felt that way that this was building towards something. And I want to bring up something that's kind of an interesting it's, – it's a little off the beaten track, but they also redid their clubhouse. It became this huge clubhouse. And so you were seeing the, the structure of the team, not just on the field, but inside. They had modern facilities. It was – I mean, if you ever saw the old one – which was like a closet, trust me. But I liked it better because the players couldn't hide. But you had this big locker room. And and, and so for free agents, that also became appealing. Better facilities for training, better facilities. They had batting cages. They didn't have that before. And the excitement was building. People were coming back. They were coming back in 2015. But in 2016, you were seeing big crowd after big crowd after big crowd. And you're seeing celebrities showing up, which to me is a pain in the, you know what, but. <laughs> <laughs>
0: you said it's a pain in your ass, girl. She was like, I'll lay in here for this clout. <laughs> was the environment, was, was, it, was it the same watching the championship celebration of 2005 and 2016? Or did they feel drastically different? Because I personally, I felt closer to 2005 I was just I was younger I was so into baseball I was so hungry it was such a big part of my my grandparents life and then in 2016 while I was excited for the city you know I lived so far away from it you know I didn't hear the fireworks go off I watched it on television you know did those celebrations
1: feel different they were different um, because the the fandom is different the one thing that kind of was kind of troublesome to me to watch it with the Cubs is that they overpriced their tickets so much you no longer saw, saw families there as much as you did. It was very corporate. People that had the disposable income could afford those tickets because they were high. They were a higher price. Uh, but where you saw the joy was outside the park. That's where the fans would gather. That's where the ones that could not afford the tickets would be. And, and to me, those are the ones I, I probably get the most pleasure of seeing.
0: At that time, people inside the park and outside the park were talking dynasty, but uh, we didn't necessarily see that post twenty sixteen. You know what were some of those significant changes that started happening?
1: Well, you started seeing players leave, or or you're seeing the players were were not up to the standard that they expected, and you saw the fact that they did not groom young pitchers to take over for the aging pitchers who they paid big prices for. They would get into the postseason like they did in 2017, but they couldn't go further. You were not seeing players coming up from the minor league system to replace anybody. You were not seeing production. And in 2019, I'll never forget when we were talking to Theo Epstein. He said, our offense is broken. And that was the downfall. That's why they are where they're at today
0: he just kind of started to watch the 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 backslide and Joe Madden was the coach the heat started to fall down and Joe Madden was out after Joe Madden is gone not too long after Theo Epstein chooses to leave and, and you said it earlier you know he said he likes jobs in in 10 year spurts and he was coming up on that you know when he left what did that mean for the team
1: Absolutely, that meant that, that the things was going to be completely changed. There was going to be an overall, because here was the other factor in all this. Craig Kimbrough, Anthony Rizzo, Javi Baez, Chris Bryant, all free agents at the end of this year. So knowing that and knowing that the, the difficulty being told by ownership that you have to make reductions in your payroll – because, of course, they're talking about last year with the pandemic, not having fans, the difficulty of that. You're not selling things. We were told that they made offers. We don't know how much. But that's why you knew the housekeeping of Cleaning House was going to happen.
0: And Theo Epstein, again, the architect of the championship team, came over from Boston. Jed Hoyer was along for that process as well. So when he stepped in as president with these difficult decisions to make— He said they knew that if they got to the end of the year, we had seen other franchises get to the end of their championship runs, not make the tough decisions, and then maybe fall off the cliff. So what were the decisions that were made?
1: The big ones, of course, happened on Thursday and Friday. At Wrigley Field, we're sitting in the press box getting word that Ryan Tapera was traded to the White Sox. Then after the game, Anthony Rizzo gets traded to the Yankees as the team was getting ready to board buses to go to the airport to Washington, then Friday, that's when it all broke out. That's when you you got Javi Bias going to the Mets. That's when you had um, Craig Kimbrell going to the White Sox, and then you had Chris Bryant at the very end of it. Three o'clock was a deadline. He gets traded to um, he gets traded to San Francisco. Those are a lot of trades. <laughs>
0: Yeah, a total of ten Major League All Stars were traded, a record between those two days, and a good chunk of them from the Chicago Cubs. Uh, and even more particular, again, Anthony Rizzo, Javier Baez, Chris Bryant—all of these players were integral to that 2016 run. How did fans react to this news?
1: Oh boy! If you want to see scorching, all you have to do is go on Twitter. They're angry. They are very angry. They're angry at the Ricketts. They're kind of angry at Jed Hoyer somewhat because he had make the deals, but the anger is pointed at the ownership. And that's going to be interesting to see what happens because fans don't, they've, they've already got the, the money for this season, but it's going to be interesting next year if fans will come back. I was getting texts. I've been getting messages. I have nothing to do with it. All I can do is tell you what's happening.
0: <laughs> And, and why are why are fans angry with the Rickets in particular? Is it because they don't want to? They don't. They feel they don't want to spend the money.
1: It is the it is the fact is is that they won't spend the money. And for Cup fans, you look at all. Yes, they made great improvements uh, in the park and outside the park, but the ticket prices aren't going to go down. <laughs> They're not. That you know, you're still going to be paying high prices for a team on the field that's not going to the postseason this year. We don't know when they'll go, ever go back.
0: Rebuild, Cheryl, is one of the scariest words in sports. And now the Cubs are here, right? What does the next decade look like for this franchise, you think?
1: Ooh. It's going to be hard because when you realize there's only four players on the team right now from that, that that world championship team, and one of them we know, Jake Arrieta, will probably be gone. So you got Jason Hayward, Kyle Hendricks, and Wilson Contreras. They acquired 11 players. Nine of them are minor league prospects. But the rest of these, when you talk about prospects, until they come up, you don't know what they really can do. And so that's what's so hard about this.
0: Well, Cheryl, we're here to see exactly what happens. i am got a socks cap on right now, and we got Craig. So, you know... It wasn't a terrible weekend for me, you know. I'm going to be honest. But I recognize for so many Chicagoans, for some of our listeners, that this had to be an emotional, heart-wrenching uh, last few days in the world of baseball.
1: And next weekend, the Cubs are hosting the White Sox. And then the following weekend at the Field of Dreams, Anthony Rizzo will be there with the Yankees to go against the White Sox. So it's going to be a crazy couple of weeks.
0: Cheryl Ray Stout with WBEZ, a legendary Chicago journalist uh, and sports reporter. Thank you for joining us on CityCast Chicago.
1: Thank you, Jacoby.
0: Before I let you go, a little bit of news, y'all. The mayor and public health commission held a rare Sunday presser. Despite seeing tens of thousands of maskless crowded photos, they both praised Lollapalooza's COVID protocols. In the same breath, they recommended everyone return to wearing masks as Chicago is now seeing 200-plus new daily cases of COVID. In other sports news, the Bulls drafted Morgan Park graduate and U of I All-American point guard Ayo Dosamu. This is the first Chicago-born player to be drafted by the Bulls since D. Rose was taken in 08. Now, speaking of point guard... I've been hearing the rumors of Lonzo Ball maybe joining the team. I wanna know who do you wanna see starting that point guard this season? Let me know on Twitter at Kobe Cochran. And some good news to get you through. For my Ravenswood friends, tomorrow you can head over to Wales Park for Broadway in your backyard. The ensemble from Porchlight Theater will be singing classics from Rent In the Heights, Wicked, and the Tina Turner musical, to name a few. For more Chicago stories and events, sign up for our daily newsletter at chicago.citycast.fm. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Peace. Maybe they'll put this in the bloopers.